Hello, and welcome to The Funny Thing About Yoga, where we talk all things yoga and maybe make you laugh a little bit. I'm Gianna Gambino. And I'm Bradshaw Wish. Enjoy the episode. (laughs) (laughs) Oh my God, I'm having so much fun. Welcome back, everyone. Hello, everyone. Welcome back. We've got big plans for the podcast today. But before we get to that, just a small reminder that we are going to Sedona March 31st through April 3rd. It's going to be a fun weekend away where you can unplug, dive deep into your yoga practice, practice self-care, and, you know, have a couple of laughs with us. So I think there'll be more than a couple. I know, especially with the Especially dynamic. with me. <laughs> so fun. <laughs> with I'm so dyna- fun. <laughs> with the dynamic duo that is us. So I'm like, <laughs> you always say I'm so fun or I'm having so much fun. And now I'm, I'm creating merch. Just side note, we are going to have so much fun with our merch. Yes, we are. Okay. So what's going on today? Who do we have on the pod and what should we anticipate Bradshaw? We have our friend Margot, who I'm so excited is going to be joining us today. Margot uh, taught for many years in Chicago. I really consider her a mentor and a friend. And she's really transitioned, excuse me, from teaching uh, in person to all the stuff that she's doing is online. So I'm really excited to talk to Margot, see where she's at and what she's been up to the past couple of years. She's a great yoga teacher and a fabulous friend. Margot, welcome to the podcast. I'm so excited you're here. Yay. I know me too. I feel like it's, um, just like a catch up with friends, which is like awesome. Well, thank you for being here. I always want to start off just inviting guests to tell our listeners a little bit about yourself. So my name is Margot Lightburn. I formerly the artist formerly known as Margot Kellison. (laughs) (laughs) Um, but uh, I dropped the Kellison a while ago because it's just like, you know, a mouthful, but Margot Kellison Lightburn, those of you who know me from like the old days. Um, and I am a yoga teacher, but yoga teacher, entrepreneur, coach, um, and mom. And I've been teaching yoga for 20 years since officially 20 years now, since 20 or 2003, which is wild. <laughs> And, um, and I teach all online now, but I've taught like kind of all over the world. I taught for Nike. I taught for Lululemon. Um, I have done, I mean, it's crazy the stuff that I've done, like, and, uh, I don't know if you guys saw my post yesterday. I'm just going to jump right into something Mm -hmm. that was like, I, I was looking for a bag to carry my laptop and I was like trying to be responsible and find a bag that had a lot laptop like slide, like, you know, that inner pocket, the Mm -hmm. inner pocket for the laptop. And Mm -hmm. at any rate, I um, remembered this old Nike bag that I had. And I was like, Oh, where's that? Um, ran, found it. It was a mess. I traveled with it all the time, years and years and years ago. And I just flipped it upside down and I dumped it. And all these Nike cards, my old Nike business cards flew out. And it was like, um, it said like, master yoga teacher and yoga (laughs) consultant, or it said like yoga teacher and consultants or something like that. And I was like, 
shit. I was like, that seems so long ago, but like, I really did that. And I'm mm-hmm. in this sort of like, I just turned 49 two weeks ago. Um, happy belated. And thank you. <laughs> you, know, you know how you, yeah. <laughs> um, this is why Bradshaw and I are like such good friends. Um, <laughs> but, uh, you know, you go through these phases. I've been going through kind of a tough year this year. It's been like a big, like come to Jesus, like, um, rough year, you know, and lots of ups and downs, lots of highs and lows, lots of reinvention. Um, we moved cross country from Portland to Kansas and, um, and anyway, that post, I was like, you did that. Like you Mm -hmm. worked at Nike and Mm -hmm. that was a big manifestation goal for me. Like when I was early, early teaching and, um, and so I think it's just sometimes important to remember those things Mm -hmm. that you did. And as I'm reinventing myself after 20 years of teaching yoga right now, I'm just like, don't forget all Mm -hmm. of these things Mm -hmm. that you accomplished, you know? Yeah. I mean, you did that. You also like were a very well-known respected teacher in Chicago for many years on top of that, Mm -hmm. you know, so you've done a lot. I think and you just had like lived different studio. yoga lives. Yeah, you go to yoga. So you, you just had like 15 different yoga lives. I feel like you've lived. Yeah. Yeah. I feel like I'm on my last yoga life right now. <laughs> <laughs> You're like, and then I'm fucking done and I'm never doing it again. <laughs> Don't say that. Um, are you the type of person that, because you described yourself as an entrepreneur, you're always like thinking ahead about the next thing that you don't often just recognize the accomplishments for what they were at the time that you've accomplished them? <laughs> um, totes. Okay. <laughs> yeah, I am definitely that person. It's, um, I also, you know, this podcast for everybody who's listening is just going to be sort of all over the place. So just like get on board. Um, that's okay. But because this is how <laughs> I, I talk, it's just sort of storytelling, non-tangential, sometimes like pinging around in my mind, but, um, I also uh, recently, well, in the past two years, had an ADHD diagnosis, mm. <laughs> like officially, not just like a, you know, oh, oh my God, she's so ADHD, but like, no, like you, like, bitch, mm-hmm. ADHD. <laughs> <laughs> Is that what the doctor said? Bitch. You yeah, the, bitch, <laughs> the doctor was like, bitch. I would go to the girl. doctors more if it like, was like that. You like, have fuck ADHD. girl, your fucking cholesterol is high. <laughs> like Molly, you endangered girl. Yeah, yeah, yeah. Oh my god, ghost. Good movie. Yeah. Has knowing yeah. that changed the way? What is? How has that changed things for you? Tremendously, it has changed things because. Um, for me, at least number one, it was super validating because there's been this like upstream current that I have felt like I've always been swimming against that people from the outside would look at me and be like, oh my gosh, why are you complaining? Your life is so good. And Mm -hmm. it is, I am a blonde haired, blue eyed, white female grew up in a middle-class family with both parents in the house by all, um, standards that we would sort of like see somebody's life as successful. It's been my, my life has been wildly successful. Um, and so, you know, and that is to really try to include that not everybody has the privilege that I've had because of the skin that I'm in the socioeconomic status, um, you know, being a cis 
gendered uh, person that mm-hmm. it's like, uh, but for me with this mental health understanding and diagnosis, I'm like, oh shit, this is why it's just always felt slightly out of reach for me, you mm-hmm. know, and that could be something that I sort of impose on myself. And I, I, I talk about that in therapy, mm-hmm. um, this like perfectionistic, like mm-hmm. never enough, but mm-hmm. it goes so deep and so far back into my childhood history where now I'm like, oh, like all of the report cards that were like, never lives up to her potential, overly social, needs too much attention, like all these negative narratives that growing up, I just like shamed myself with. Mm -hmm. And then people are like, but you're so great. And you're so confident because I'm so extroverted that there people like it just made sense to me that I was like this is why it hurts on the inside Mm -hmm. sometimes Mm -hmm. you know and why um you know like why teaching for Nike let's use that as an example because I mentioned that already but why teaching for Nike was like this amazing opportunity but that somehow felt like it was going to turn into something bigger deeper broader um and and it just always, again, still felt slightly out of reach. Um, I would also like to say, though, Margo, that's also very typical with big brands like that. They're oh, like, they, they're sure. like, I'm going to like, you, you know, you're going to get this and then we're going to give you this opportunity. And then the, uh, the opportunity just never comes. And, I, you right. know, I've worked with, cor- you know, corporations like that with brands and like that's often the case. Oh yeah. I mean, it happened when I did work with Oprah. It happened Mm -hmm. when I did work with like smart water. I mean, I had amazing, I've had great, amazing opportunities. And, Mm -hmm. um, the dreamer in me is like, oh my gosh, you know, this is it. (laughs) Mm -hmm. Um, and also to your point, Gianna, like, uh, I grew up in Los Angeles and I went to like a really, uh, hoity toity private school. And I was, a like I was a musical theater major. I've always been in the acting realm and I've always been around like really famous people, like famous people that, um, and that's not like a brag. I just always have to clarify. That's not me trying to brag. Like I was around wildly famous people. Um, Sean Astin went to my school who was the lead in Goonies and Rudy and like generationally Mm -hmm. I'm just breaking that down for you guys because (laughs) I know that 80s stars are not going to be your uh I'm old I know it I'm older than Bradshaw just by the way I don't know if I want to brag about that though (laughs) (laughs) getting older is awesome I assure you but um But so I always sort of had this like mental expectation that like everybody was famous, Mm. you know, like I, because I was around fame so much and I was around, um, wealth and that kind of thing so much that it just seemed like, well, of course, whereas somebody who, you know, I live in the middle of the country right now. I live in Kansas, like, you know, Kansas was never on the bucket list. It's a great Mm -hmm. place for us to live. It's a great place for my son. Um, But like, I always used to joke even that like, uh, you know, somebody in Kansas would never think of proximity to fame, like the way of I the way that I would think of proximity to fame, like it would just never even be an expectation to be that successful. Mm -hmm. And so 
sometimes I think that my like always wanting to move on to the next thing is driven slightly by that like subconscious expectation that I'm I gotta be somebody you know but that said and and then I swear I will let you get a word in edgewise and ask another question but that said I have to always I have to also say that I'm I'm like I said I'm 49 I truly feel like I have a message like I have something bigger and greater and deeper that I am supposed to do Mm-hmm. And that doesn't come from like seeking fame or seeking success or fortune or whatever. That comes from like, I love to tell stories. I love to connect with people. I love people to connect to each other. I, and, and yoga, bringing it like to the funny thing about yoga, yoga for the past 20 years has been like my medium to do that in the studios and online. It's lacking in online. And I have been somebody who has been pushing hard in the online space for since 2015 I started teaching online in 2015 but um I really find like yoga is like just not enough right now and I've been Mm -hmm. inching towards that for a long time Mm -hmm. but it's a lot I want to comment on like so many things but I don't even know where to start but (laughs) I guess with the freshest thing in my mind which is like have you thought of the vehicle or the way in which you'll kind of branch out beyond yoga and start to carry this message? Yeah. So I, I had a podcast back in, I think it was 2018 and I loved it. And even in 2018, I was like, there's just not enough time on the mat for me to like connect in the way that I want to connect. Mm -hmm. And so that's why I launched the podcast. And I also in 2018, when I started the, the light burn podcast, I, I saw, and this was pre-online even, Mm -hmm. I mean, I was teaching online, but most people were not teaching online at that point. Um, Like I had never met another yoga teacher that that taught online at that point, Um, unless it was like doing videos and just having like a video space, like nobody taught live online. Mm -hmm. And um, I have always hated the fact that we're all like these little satellites that just sort of have our own little jobs and we go in and out of classes. And then we don't really have like that water cooler moment that you would Mm -hmm. have if you worked at like a job Mm -hmm. and that you get to just like chat with. And so there was a period of time early on in Instagram and early on in social media where teachers were chatting with each other, connecting with each other, creating community through social media. And then it just got like so ugly. Mm -hmm. Yeah. And it got, and then like, it was like a period of time where it was like, it was like the yoga police where like, if you posted something, everybody was like critiquing. And I was even a part of that because I wanted it to be an educational space. And then I was Mm. like, this is fucked. Like everybody just in the comment section, like berating each other about how they should do yeah and like about how you should do a posture when it's like you have no idea what that person's body is like you have Mm. no idea what their strength is like from a photo like so there was no community space and so I really wanted um that podcast to be like a, a a little hub where we could chat but as you guys are probably finding out podcasts are a lot of work and They, everybody's like, oh yeah, I want to start a podcast. Like it's like posting on Instagram. It's a lot. Yeah. I did not realize it. I was like, oh, we'll record this thing and it'll upload it and that'll be it. But I'm like, oh wait, there's so much more than that. There's so much more. Yeah. Yeah. And I typically, it's it's super rewarding though. Yeah. Sorry. Go ahead. 
Oh, no, I, I typically, oh, I typically take it, take it all on. Like I, I'll just like not know uh, what I'm doing and just like learn as I go. So I'm, I'm deep in that process right now, but I relate yeah. so much to that. And I think it's a big reason why we wanted to start this podcast too, because well, more so in Florida, when I was living and teaching here, I'd go to a studio, I'd open the studio myself. I'd, I'd be the front desk person. I teach and I'd leave and I would never see another coworker like in air quotes. And so I had more of a community in Chicago with the spaces I was teaching in there, but I always Mm -hmm. felt like there needs to be exactly like you said, that water cooler moment. And as I was even thinking of like podcast titles, I was like playing with the water cooler image. That's funny that you, I'm going to be very honest with you. I don't know what the fuck a water cooler is. (laughs) <laughs> well now we have like Trash the water water. I, i'm like yeah water cooler like i have no idea what the fuck you're talking i told about. you he's younger what is a water cooler so it's like a it's like a it's like a water spout like it's like a culligan man like a do you have like a water on the, Who the top? fuck is culligan man wait do you remember oh, the culligan big jugs man. the big jugs of water that like you flip upside down and put it in the thing yeah, 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 yeah. Filtered yeah, water. So that's a water cooler, Bradshaw. And um, <laughs> oh. the like in offices where people yes. would all work oh, in like okay, cubes okay, and stuff okay, like that. It. It's like meet now me I, at the water cooler. I, or like thought, a co- were, like, I thought this was like yeah. a, like a sports, like a like a football analogy. <laughs> and I was like, yeah, water cooler, yeah, whatever. I had no idea what the fuck you were talking about, but that makes sense. It's like taking yeah. a break from work and like chatting. Uh, yeah, and I, yeah. I'll, I like it, when it comes to like <laughs> chatting and chatting with yoga teachers. I, you know, I'm gonna be honest. I like to do it outside of the studio. Mm-hmm. Um, like I would rather call, you know call you, call Gianna, or like you know call friends that I'm close with. Just because I have really, really found this, and I Gianna and I talk about this sometimes, and something we've been talking about more is like I am known to like get there before teaching, couple minutes, teach and leave. And I do, that's exactly what I do. I'm not someone who stays after. And I, you know, I did that for a very long time. And there, there's a couple reasons. One, I bike to work and it takes uh-huh. me time to, you know, and I'm just like, I want to get home, especially in the <laughs> mm-hmm. winter. Honestly, it's like 730 at night. I want to get the hell out of there. And two, yeah. I am an, an extreme, extreme extrovert who also is extremely introverted in some ways. So like, I like mm-hmm. to, I, and I learned that like from COVID, I was, I was before COVID, I was so fucking burnt out that like, I just, my bandwidth is not what it used to be. So Gianna, why are you yeah. looking like that? Gianna's looking at me <laughs> and she's fucking judging me and she's looking at me and she has all to... these things going through her yeah. head. I am because I'm like, what are you, what are you thinking? <laughs> I'm just wondering if your behavior really has changed before and after because you were always oh, yeah. in and out. Well, Gianna says always... I was always in and out. I don't know. It's just like, <laughs> I feel like I give and then I don't want to give anymore. Like I, I honestly, not, not, I just want to conserve my energy. No. And it makes sense yeah. when you're teaching multiple classes a day, you have to conserve a bit of yourself, but we were having this conversation last night and maybe you can like, give us like some, some advice on how to interface with students to like make that personal connection in a way where you can still preserve your energy, but you're still like, um, you know, putting the energy out there that you are like, uh, an open person that people can come and talk to you. And like, there doesn't have to be this barrier between student teacher, you know, do you know what I mean? Yeah, I do. And, um, 
it's so weird. It's reminding me of something that I'm just going to like contextually throw in because I literally just had this conversation yesterday as well, which is um, you love water like course. I have this whole Mark Nepo <laughs> connection. What is that? You're, you were talking about water coolers yesterday, weren't you? Yeah. No, okay, sorry. Okay. I was talking about um, Mark Nepo and my connection to Mark Nepo through Oprah and all of that. And when I was on Oprah's serious radio station, they like to like and Oprah was like, Margo, full circle moment. Like, um, I, they asked me if I had a question for Mark. And my question to him was like, you know, how, when you're on this like sort of spiritual path of teaching and you're trying to be open, exactly like you're saying, and you're trying to be like a conduit for people in their healing and their processing and whatever, like, how do you sort of remain open but also have some boundaries and mm. I was more I was asking that because it was a thing between uh my husband and I where he's always like not every single student is your friend and I mm. was like but they are my friends you know <laughs> and like I you know and so this was a really long time ago and um and that's not to like put my my husband down or anything but like he works in a very professional corporate environment where it's like those boundaries just are very clear and laid out for us. And I think in the yoga industry, they're just not laid out for us. Mm -hmm. And so that was my question to Mark Nepo. And he was crazy because it was like one of those like chills moments because he referenced a reading that was called, uh, that's called from the book of awakening for February 15th, which is my birthday. And mm -hmm. he's like, it's like being a spiritual warrior and he was like, you know, it's like all the things that, you know, thought leaders say, which is uh, it's through the break that the light gets in and you have mm. to sort of be porous. And and like most people who are in this industry are, um, I hate to use the word broken, damaged. but they're like, <laughs> like literally, literally broken, damaged <laughs> on some level. Yeah, yeah, yeah. And um, and just even in this past year for myself, I've been processing a lot about that in therapy because mm -hmm. what led me to yoga and how I got into yoga and some of like the bullshit that was still going on early. I mean, if I've been teaching for 20 years, I was practicing a couple of years before that. So I've been practicing for, you know, mm -hmm. 22, 23 years and some of the abuse that has happened in this industry. Mm -hmm was like the heyday of when I was teaching, right? Yeah, yeah, there's a lot and of stuff. And I realized that I was like ripe for all of the um validation seeking, mm. all of the um toxic uh predatory behavior. Thank God nothing really happened to me other than being told I was fat, other than being told I needed to choose between the donut and the Marichas and a D if I wanted to get into Marichas and a D. And Bradshaw, it's Marichasana. It's Marichasana. <laughs> I was like, how do you say this? I'm like, this is why I don't practice Ashtanga. I also fucking hate I those love poses. It. So. I love it. Yeah, I mean, I like, um, so back to the question, I think that, you know, the only way that people are going to connect with us as teachers is if we are sort of open in ourselves, but then just really understanding and having deep boundaries around mm -hmm. like Bradshaw saying, and like Bradshaw, you know, you know, I love you to death, um, but you're still a white male. And, you know, you have always had really good boundaries around teaching and an mm -hmm. expectation of your for yourself 
of like, I should get paid this. I shouldn't mm -hmm. have to stay after class. I shouldn't have to lay my dirty laundry out on the table mm -hmm. to have people like me. Meanwhile, Gianna and I, mm -hmm. as women, mm -hmm. are like, oh, like me, like me, like 100%. me, please. I'm sorry, Gianna, I don't mean to lump no, you in. And I actually, I have to say one quick thing because I've listened to all your podcasts because I don't just jump onto a podcast without like getting the lay of the land. I like to understand the context, um, even though I know you both and I knew like where we were going. Um, but Gianna, I just have to praise you. I have to praise you like, like a shoe. <laughs> Maybe that's a song we should sing at the end. Oh my goodness. See? For what? Um, because, because you call Bradshaw out so well. It's just beautiful. Oh. <laughs> <laughs> well, no, to your point, like I remember as you were saying that one time I was asked to teach this corporate gig and I, I did, but I didn't realize I had to pick up the stereo, the speakers. I had to pick up 50 yoga mats. I, I didn't realize I was doing all this. My mini Cooper is like filled mm -hmm. to the top. And I like texted absolutely not. a picture of it. And, he, and that's exactly his response. He goes, absolutely not. Why are you doing this? He's like, I <laughs> right. would never. I was like, well, I think that's why they didn't ask you. hundred <laughs> percent. You would never. <laughs> no, again. And right. I'm like, I agree with you, Margo. Like I'm white. I'm a man. There's way more there. I'm it's just easier. I also, men are just, you know, because of the world that we live in as it's very yeah. unfair, but like, yeah, I like, I've been taught, ask for what you want. Yeah. Yeah. You know what exactly. I mean? Like, you deserve what you want. He's been really, yeah. really helpful for me too, because when I first moved to Same. Chicago, I, you know, I was taking the lowest pay rates and like saying yes to everything. And I'd have him in my ear being like, you are a great teacher. Like you don't deserve this. You need yeah. to ask for this, this, and this. And now I'm like, oh my God, you were right. Like, why didn't I ever yeah. know this on my own. And I mm -hmm. think we don't talk enough about like pay in the yoga industry. And so it's a disadvantage for everyone because mm -hmm. if there's always someone willing to like totally. take that class for $25 or mm -hmm. whatever the right. lowest pay is that I've ever done. Um, and, and that kind of sucks. Like we need to like set a standard and know that we, right. we need to join together, be on the same page and then create, you know, mm -hmm. Change. It's yeah. that like I don't want to get too off topic, but I just want to come back to that one more time, which is like it is very interesting because it's like as being a, like a man in the yoga vinyasa. Let me maybe be more specific: the vinyasa yoga world, where let's say like ninety percent of teachers are women, right? Mm -hmm. I would say yeah. that like it it also gives you another one up. Yeah, mm -hmm. and do you know what I mean? Because it's just like the, with male teachers, I feel like are more in demand. Because or don't you feel that way? Don't you feel that way? Yeah, yeah I just I had do. like our so Brad and I did um a, a YTT and we just had like a catch-up call and someone was asking me, a, a female student was asking me like how you can stand out. And I like felt weird putting this on record, but I was like, I don't know, like niching, niching in a little mm -hmm. bit more has been like my go-to, but like mm -hmm. the fact of the matter is that it's going to be harder for you to stand out when you're, you know, putting yourself out there to get jobs and. Well, and then imagine being a person of color mm -hmm. and trying to break into like, you know, uh, a gym uh, mm -hmm. you know, like in a, maybe not even diverse city. Yeah. And, um, and so, yeah. Or the ageism that goes on, like I am, I have been definitely, uh, um, 
penalized for being older um, and, you know, out loud had somebody say to me, like, I wish we could find somebody who teaches like you, but just like in like a younger, fresher package. That was a big brand. Oh my God. I've talked about it before, but yeah. And then, and then I was so thirsty that I was like, well, I could train somebody. Mm -hmm. And then again, to my husband's credit, he was like, fuck that noise. Like if, and then I was like, yeah, because I'm like, if you want somebody who teaches the way that I teach, because of the way that I hold the space, because of the years of experience that I have, like I can walk into any studio anytime, any place, teach a class and like nail it. I can, mm-hmm. I like, I know I can mm-hmm. just like I say to everybody, if I got called to sing the national anthem at a chief's <laughs> game, because I live in Kansas now. And they were like, we need somebody in 30 minutes. I'd be like, I'm there. The more people, the better, you know, um, like, but you can't, you can't just put 20 years of experience in a younger, fresher package. And yoga Mm -hmm. is like, you can't just learn it off of a book. Everybody Mm -hmm. knows that. That's why it's like comical when people it's, it's actually so um, contradictory and like polarizing in our industry. I feel like that, like we all want this validation that we know what we're teaching and Mm -hmm. how to teach it. And the only way to test that is to actually get in the ring and teach, Mm -hmm. you know? And so uh, like I call them in my coaching because I I coach a lot of different like yoga teachers, I I call them credential collectors. And they're just like collecting credentials to feel like they're at the point where they can just jump in. And, And I'm not saying like go willy nilly and just like, woo, you know, But if you're somebody who's trying to get a 200 hour and then you're like, oh, well, I'll, I'll start teaching when I get my 500 hour, then I'll be ready. You're not going to be ready until you just start looking at bodies and teaching to who's in the room. And that's like, that is, and then of course you have to take that and, you know, uh, build on your continuing education. And and then, Mm. like you said, Gianna, like niche out to what really speaks to you, but like, don't choose a niche because it's like really popular. Choose a niche Mm -hmm. because you love it so much that you can't stand to not talk about it. Mm -hmm. You're like, oh my God, I have to tell you about yoga nidra. Like Mm -hmm. that's how you need to feel about how you want to teach, you know, and, and even beyond teaching, like in anything in life, you know, and just in generally, and like hopefully, like when you're getting older, that you're learning more and living better. Mm-hmm. Uh, but yeah. I've always, I mean, I've had kind of the ages experience flipped around when it comes to teachers. Like, I don't want to yeah. take young, younger teachers' classes. Yeah, you always say that. Yeah. Like, what is a 22 year old? I'm like, what is a 22 year old who's like, literally, I, I that's, and I know, like, when I say that out loud, I can hear myself being judgmental. I know I'm being judgmental. I'm just being truthful, which is like, yeah. I'm not going. And the other thing is, is like, I spend my entire life doing this, that if I'm going to spend time, my, more of my time doing yoga, it's going to be with someone who I know, know, knows their stuff. Yeah. Well, that's the yeah. other thing. Like the more, you know, the that's more, what I'm saying. Like I would, more like, I, I would much rather take someone, someone's class who's, you know, 50 and over or whatever the age yeah. is, if they've been teaching mm-hmm. for 30 years. Yeah. Then, yeah. you know, someone who just, you know, is learning to teach. I'm not saying that that teacher is horrible or bad. It's just that like, if yeah. I'm going for an educational, you know, safe, safe 
big thing, physically safe class. Mm-hmm. Yeah. I'm going to go to the older teacher. Yeah. Agreed. Agreed. I'm with you. And, and I think if you're interested in, um, you know, like I've led enough trainings now that I've seen some young people that you can see have like a natural gift and mm-hmm. like, I would go and take their class and I do that, but I take their class knowing full well that like I'm supporting them in it. And, um, and I'm sort of looking at like the next generation of, mm-hmm. of teacher when I'm doing that. Um, but yeah, I would probably, I don't even take that many people's classes mm-hmm. <laughs> like that. And that's part of the isolation of this industry Yeah, is like, and, and it's part of why commodifying and commercializing yoga has become so problematic mm-hmm. is like, this is a practice of the self. This is a practice of like your morning routine and how you're in, how you learn from your body and how you move through the world. Um, like I tell my son who's 13 all the time, like how you do anything is how you do everything. And that, that's like a regular theme in the way that I teach is like, I, and it, it reminds, I use this quote all the time too. Rolf Gates was a teacher a long time ago. He was like a Baron Baptiste guy. And then he broke off and kind of did his own thing, but he has this uh, book meditations from the mat and um, he breaks it down in the eight limbs and stuff, but there's a, a quote and I might not get it exactly right, but it's pretty, pretty right. Where he says, I'm in the pose when I'm looking into the eyes of my waiter, as much as I'm in the pose when I'm looking into the eyes of my wife. Mm -hmm. which is like how you do anything is how you do everything. And we're treating everyone with respect. And so, uh, but, but back to like, this is sort of like a individual practice and like where I do my yoga practice is like right here on my mat behind me where my dog Mm -hmm. is sprawled out. Can you see her? Mm -hmm. Look at her little sexy butt. The back legs. <laughs> the back legs. Behind. Are, yeah. She lays flat. For I know nobody can see us, but she lays flat. If you follow me on Instagram, I post pictures of it all the time because every time I look at her, which is hysterical, like that, it kills me. But um, but yeah, I mean, if this is like a practice of a process of discovery and self-discovery and understanding and learning ourselves more, like how much does that have to do with the teacher? Mm-hmm. I, I have another question, Margo, kind of related yeah. to this topic, which is like, I was, you know, at one point, very, very green when we first met, didn't, I uh, didn't have any idea what I was doing for the first seven years, did more training. I really feel like I uh, have grown a ton. I know, you know, I know myself as a teacher, for my sure. classes are like, I think my classes are really solid. Something I'm struggling with now in my, you know, almost decade of teaching is um, since I've learned more, let's say anatomically, there are things that I, that irk me uh, (laughs) to the point where I have, I have a hard time. Sometimes I get stuck. Like, I'll be like, Mm -hmm. you're not tucking your tailbone in chair. You're not drawing your shoulders back down in warrior one where I literally I'm like, I'm being neurotic. I I know I know I'm being neurotic, but I also am like, I'm fucking right. But that's the thing, Bradshaw, is like you care more about being right and like antagonizing. Like if you can just like silence that in a class, you you know, you'll be fine. Like I told you this, I've I've been in Florida and I'm taking classes just because I need to get on my mat again. And 
Like we were just saying, it's so hard to take a class once a public class, once you're a teacher to like actually be in like that state of yoga mm. fully that like we did when we were students, just mm-hmm. students, because you're kind of like never out of the teacher brain, even though you know that it's almost impossible it's impossible so this this person and I was talking to Bradshaw I was like kept saying tuck your tailbone in um chair Mm. and twisting I'm like I know know, I I, I hate this one the twisting every time we twist put your hand on your sacrum keep your sacrum level now and I'm like why why so in my head I'm screaming why we don't need to do this but I'm also like okay they're just repeating things they heard Mm. I also know that I know better and I'm not going to do that. (laughs) I also know that like part, a lot of that too, is just me wanting to be right. Number one. And then I I think a lot of me being insecure years ago of not knowing that stuff. Yeah. You know, I'm just being very vulnerable and honest. So like, it's like, there's a lot of that stuff that I cued that was incorrect for so long that I learned and I've, you know, forgiven myself and moved on. But I just know (laughs) that like, you know, I know that that, that can be, can set me back as a teacher and make me focus on things, make me like be negative. And I don't want to be like that. I just like, I just, you know, I am someone, if you know me well, I have OCD and I I will obsess about things. So I get like hooked on something. And I know this is like part of, you know, my mental sphere. I know it's neurotic. I know I'm being crazy, but I'm like, how do I get myself out of that? More yoga. Yeah, but you're not you're not being what'd you say, Gianna? Just more yoga. Get out of the ego. More yoga. Oh my God, right? <laughs> um, I don't think you're being neurotic. I really don't. I think I think and you know, whoever is listening to this, like please take this either with a grain of salt or not. But um I think that it's part of the systemic issue and what's happening and what's happened in the yoga industry, which Mm. is this guru like mentality of like that there is a person at a peak position that is right and has the answers. Mm. It is the same with religion. It's the same with yoga. It's the same with all of us is like, and so what happened and I'm just like, you know, cause I feel this happened to me too. Um, where I was entrusting the teachers that I paid money to, to train me, mm-hmm. that they taught me something that was right. And then when we found out that these things were like wrong, we had to like grapple with ourselves. It's mm-hmm. like discovering that your parents don't have all the answers mm-hmm. yeah. and you're like, what, you know, like, like people who put their parents up on a pedestal mm-hmm. of like, well, my parents know everything. And then your parents like say something really fucking racist mm-hmm. that you're just like, wait, wait, what did you say? Or like, mm-hmm. you know, and so I don't know if this is not uh, linear enough the way that my brain is, is like, you know, articulating this, but we were taught when we were in teacher trainings, like this is the right way. Yeah. But we weren't taught like that everybody's body is different. Like I literally thought that if everybody practiced long enough, they would be able to do like titty boss enough mm, firefly. Yeah. And then I, and I tell this story all the time. So if you've heard me on podcasts before, but like, then I went and took Paul Greeley's yin yoga training and he pulled actual bones out of a chest that he traveled with and showed me like how is someone's scapula that's Mm -hmm. this shape 
supposed to make the exact same pose on the outside as somebody's scapula who's this shape mm -hmm. and like where it sets on your back and how winged it is and all of that. And I literally went home from that training and I cried. Cried. I cried because I was like, I've been doing it wrong for the past three or four years. Mm -hmm. I've seen teachers who have been teaching for 20 years, 15, 20 years, been teaching triangle wrong their entire mm -hmm. fucking career mm -hmm. and have to go. And then they go and take Annie Carpenter's training. Mm -hmm. And they're like, for 15 years, they've been teaching externally rotating both hips mm -hmm. in triangle mm -hmm. or externally rotating both hips in warrior two. And like, you have to be a big enough, strong enough and evolved person enough to go, fuck, mm -hmm. I yeah. was wrong. Yeah. And you know what? If we can start doing that in yoga, we can start yeah. doing that in a lot of places. Yeah. We can yeah. start going like, oh my God, I do have institutionalized mm -hmm. racist beliefs. Mm -hmm. I did not realize that I had those biases. Mm -hmm. You know, I did not realize that like, what, like whatever it is, but the, pro the, I mean, sorry, I'm like so, so boxy right now, but the problem is we all want to be so steadfast mm. in our beliefs and be right because we don't know who to learn from. We don't yeah. know who to trust. Yeah. It's like, like when I look back on my career and I think of Baron Baptiste as like my first teacher, like love you, Baron, but like dude did not have all the answers by mm -hmm. any stretch of the imagination mm -hmm. and was pretty misogynistic at the yeah. same time. And so I'm like, uh, okay. You know, you know what I have started to do actually, which has been really helpful, Margo, is like, I'm like, you know, this is not what the shoulders do. And I'll say, I'm not, not like, you know, be self-deprecating, but I'm like, you know, I taught this wrong for a really long time. Yeah. And I tell my students that, you know, because I think that also makes yeah. me, uh, makes me seem like it's not like I didn't have the answers for a long time. I'm not telling you that you're not intelligent. Mm -hmm. I'm saying- yeah. I'm saying I taught this wrong for a really long time. I learned more. So like, don't freak yeah. out if you've been doing that for a while. It's not the end of the world, but let's yeah. learn. Jenna, what are you thinking? Stop. I can't <laughs> with you. Cause I, I just know her so fucking well. No. I can see her, her wheels. Her brain ticking. Spinning, well, and she's thinking about something. What do you no, think? I'm about? listening to you, but I'm also thinking about the ways in which I do things like that. So I'm just yeah. relating yeah, yeah, yeah. to you in my mind. Well, that's really sweet. Yeah. You know also, what? Also, was, at the oh, sorry. No, you go, Gigi. You go. We've been talking. I was going to say, I don't know why it bothers me, but when people lift their toes in chair. <laughs> like, oh God! When I we see all have When I see don't toes lifting, start. it bothers me so much inside. But I was like thinking about how I, like you said, you 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 make it known, like oh, I was teaching this wrong. Mm -hmm. What I'll do is like tell them to keep their toes down, set their weight back, and then be like, how does that feel? Now just lift your toes. How does yeah, that feel? Exactly. And then it's yeah. like, tell them to do both and be like, which one did you like better? So I don't Gianna know, will also, do that too, Gianna will Gianna. just see Gianna's much. I'm like, what are you doing? Jenna's like, reach your arms up. Erdva Hastasana, Erdva Hastasana, Erdva Hastasana. <laughs> where I'm like, that's not mountain pose. They're like, this gay man's <laughs> going to attack me. <laughs> no, I have, I've, I've made the mistake of being like, every time I say mountain pose and if people are in Urdva Hastasana, I'll be like, this is in core power. I'm like, oh God, wait, I shouldn't say that. Yeah. Like I'm, I've Listen. gotten 
gotten rid of that. I think it's important for us to say those things, Gianna. I do. I do because too. I, think I don't that think it's bad at you. People go, wait a second. I practice at core power yoga. And like, this is part of the issue is like, and, and this is not bashing core power at, at any point, but we, the, the commodification and the commercialization and mm. the, you know, capitalistic thing that happened in yoga um, it, it combined two very like complex, uh, like systems, which is capitalism. And then also like, um, spirituality. And mm. so we sort of put these people up on a pedestal who were like our teachers. Like, I remember the first time it really happened to me where I was like in a grocery store and I ran into a student and they sort of like fangirled on me. Mm. And, um, I was like, Oh my God. And, um, she looked at my grocery cart. Like, like it was like she was like scanning my grocery cart and I had like frozen pizza and I had like Oreos and I was leaving my classes smoking parliament lights so right (laughs) right you know so and then people and then people actually rewarded me like by for being so real and so Mm -hmm. authentic and so myself which also sort of aka meant that i wasn't very yoga-ish yes yes yes. and then like the yoga people who were like the heavy heavy hitter yoga people didn't Mm -hmm. respect me Mm -hmm. and i've said this a million times too which is like i literally they called me like a yoga cheerleader Mm -hmm. and so it was like i just was like frivolous and not like deep and so Mm -hmm. and so all of this judgment you know, um, it's, it's partially because of these two worlds combined of like spirituality and, and people who are seeking something that is helping them find truth in their lives, Mm. um, combined with the fact that like the, the rampant commercialization of Mm -hmm. yoga and how quickly it boomed, it's like, people were sort of following, I hate to say it like this, but I'm just going to, it's like, you've sort of followed like the wrong God. You know, mm-hmm. so if you were somebody who was like following the God who was like lift your toes and ukatasana and chair mm-hmm. pose, mm-hmm. and then somebody tells you not to do that, and I have an exact story of this, <laughs> a teacher whom shall remain nameless used to come and take my class. Voldemort. And, um, she was a toe lifter in Ukatasana and Gianna, like you. <laughs> toe lifter, like she's just, like, it's her fetish. Oh my God. It's like, like a, it's mouth, her fetish. a mouth breather, yeah. a toe lifter. Yeah. Yes. And she, no, bad, she and so like you, Gianna, I was like, you know, try it this way and then try it that way and then see what feels better. And I'm teaching the whole class. I'm not talking to her. I'm talking mm-hmm. to her through the class. Mm-hmm. Right. And so everybody's do doing it and everybody's like, Oh, her face is so angry. Eh. Her face is just like, <laughs> what the fuck? her literally, if her face could say something, it would just be like, the fuck like you know <laughs> not a week later she posted on instagram about why you should put your toes down no. in ukatasana oh my goodness and i was like Ugh. and so this is like one more big sort of caveat or not caveat but one more like aha that i think as young teachers and people who are trying to figure out like what is the right way to approach this she easily could have just said, I've just learned this amazing thing in Margot's class. Yeah. And it could have just been like, and, and what that does is it builds community, but mm. because of Instagram, because of some of these 
like, because there were too many teachers, like, let's face it, if a studio could hire you for $20 a class, there's too many fucking teachers. We have a mm. supply and demand issue. Mm. We have an over surplus of teachers who, who are just popping out of teacher trainings mm -hmm. and who can, you know, sorry, I make all this extra noise in the background because I'm a big hand talker, you guys, and I snap and I clap and I do all these <laughs> things. So if you're listening, that's me snapping. But like, if you're soliciting back to core power, brand new people who come to the studio to become yoga teachers because you make more money leading trainings, mm. which they do. It's mm. how they make, it's how every That's studio how they make their money. either gets by or it's how they like, I mean, it, it's literally, it, it's, it's, a, it's the it's bread a and butter. It's the bread and butter yeah. of like, of a, yeah, it's for the sure. bread and butter. And so if, if you have all these people, you end up creating this like competitive, um, you know, landscape of teachers and then teachers learn things from other teachers and they don't credit teachers. Mm -hmm. And so then mm -hmm. the old teachers like me <laughs> or Annie Carpenter or Jason Crandall yeah. even who really deserve like some credit and Jason gets tons of credit because mm -hmm. Jason's like been masterful in the way that he has rolled out his teacher trainings and stuff but like people who couldn't get the business aspect together as well as mm. like Jason and Andrea and some of the people who were like who got left behind mm. you know in some and but by their own fault I'm not saying that that's like anybody's fault necessarily but people who have not been able to bridge the gap between being the talent in the front of the room and mm -hmm. really making a business out of your yoga, you know, like those people and who have been in it for 15, 20 years, you know, those people deserve credit from people who have learned from them. And if you mm -hmm. are a young teacher who is learning things from teachers who are even just a few years older than you that have more experience from you, you need to give credit where credit is due. It's the mm -hmm. only way that we heal and build community from this. Mm -hmm. I, I feel like it's just part of the yoga practice. It's like the Astea, like share, you know, mm -hmm. non-stealing, but like, sh you know, share your lineage yes. too. So. Yes. Mm -hmm. Yeah, totally. And it's, um, it helps your students because like, so, you know, I've been teaching mobility for years and whenever I teach mobility, I specifically say, this is not yoga. What mm -hmm. I'm teaching you right now, what mm -hmm. we're doing right now is mobility. And if you like this, then you should go and seek out mobility. Yeah. And I'm not saying don't do yoga. And then mm -hmm. that's the other thing is because that scarcity mindset of like, oh, but we need all the people in our studio because it's a head through the door game, mm -hmm. right? Like the more people, the more volume, the more money. And so we've all been sort of taught like, don't give away your secrets of where you learn this mobility, mm. you know, yeah. like I, like the FRC guys that I know that teach in LA, every like, like famous yoga teachers, mm -hmm. famous, famous, famous yoga teachers, like in the back of the FRC classes, mm -hmm. like just taking Dice notes. did a lot of work and with then, them. Yeah. Yeah. And then Dice going out on them. aloe yeah. and mm -hmm. then, yeah, 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 yeah. Dice does credit, but like, there are a lot of people who don't credit mm -hmm. and it, it's a disservice to your students to not tell them the modalities. Like when I teach stuff from the class, I'm like, what I'm doing right now is not really yoga. We're going to do some dynamic like mm -hmm. movement to like mm -hmm. move energy, but this is not really like the yoga 
Mm-hmm. Like this is from the class by Taryn Toomey. Go and find it. This is from the bowspring method. Mm-hmm. Go and find it. You know, I literally I, yeah. could sit and talk about this shit with you for well, like 15 hours. I want to say that because <laughs> it's kind of even more insane. But like one time I, I spent the summer in LA living in an RV and I was practicing with an Insta famous yogi who will name remain nameless Voldemort it's actually the the teacher it's all the same teacher <laughs> just kidding okay the remain <laughs> teachers all one teacher. just kidding it's all these <laughs> no but right? so this was at the point where I was in I was currently in a 300 hour that I wasn't resonating with and I was like trying to do mm-hmm. research on a different 300 hour and so I asked this teacher who their teachers were and they wouldn't tell me what like, wow yeah like oh, I you was, told me that you told me that that's fucking yeah. weird I know. And I was like, what? And, and the answer is just like, oh, just a lot of people, just a lot of people. And I was like, okay, I guess that they don't want to like share who their mentors are. I've had, I've had teachers that say like, when, when anyone asks me, okay, this is kind of related, but like when anyone asks me for like my playlist, I'm like, yeah, fuck, here you go. I'll send it to you. Oh my goodness. That yeah. happened to me when teachers, too, I, I'm like, what? The, it's music. Like, I don't care. But they're the teachers who like, won't share their playlist. No, that I'm like, happened girl, to me. I got other shit to worry about. At Wonderlust, yeah. there was like the best Shavasana song. And I asked the teacher what it was. And she was like, you'll have to figure it out on your own. I spent time <gasps> making this. Wow. Like, the, like she, she felt like that was like her property because she made, put the time in the playlist. I'm like, yeah, I mean, it does take a lot of time, but. That's also Margo, after all this shit, all the anatomy, right and wrong. I get to this point. I do where I'm just like. Not that I feel at a loss or like, fuck it, but I'm just like, hey, people are moving and breathing at the end of the day. Great. Yeah. Right. Like that's literally right. like, I, like, when to. I start to get like crazy because we, you, yeah. I can get crazy. And I think we all can as teachers. Yeah. And I'm like, you know what, Brad, like, t- you know, what really matters is like spending time with the people you love and care about, you know, yeah. spending yeah. time with your friends, like, um, being there for someone who's dying. Like, those are the things that I should really be focusing on. I really do think mm-hmm. about that, right. you know, to, yeah. put, to kind of ground myself when I start spiraling. Mm-hmm. Yeah. Yeah. Like I don't post my playlist on Spotify because I, I don't like, but I, and I, but I, because I don't use Spotify, I use Apple music anyway. Of course you would. <laughs> but like, <clears throat> I, you know, I, and because I change my playlist all the time while I'm teaching, like I will sometimes just change the mood while I'm like teaching. So um, it doesn't always like align that way. Um, and the music aspect for me, like it is super important, um, but I would always share what a song is. Like I'm mm-hmm. not sure what a song you, is. You did but- actually with me. I remember before you even knew who I was, I remember I asked you a song and you, you introduced me to Krishna Das actually. <laughs> <laughs> oh, see that like, see, like I had never heard. heard I never well I never heard Krishna Das before I think it was like 2013 it was like that the would first be like a heard. really good drag name okay Krishna Das. <laughs> Stop please it. welcome to the stage Krishna Das um <laughs> all right we're gonna talk I, gonna I didn't that. know I didn't know that Krishna Das was like still like a person that was alive like I thought that Krishna Das was like <laughs> I literally, okay, wait, like, I hope you listen to this. Um, I literally when like, cause the music was so powerful for me. It was like, it was literally earth shattering for me. And then somebody was like, Oh, do you want to go to the Krishna Das show? And I was like, what you thought he and was dead i was like i thought he was like because he was so iconic in my mind yeah. right, that he had to be like dead but not only that <laughs> but he's then I, like, like he's also my neighbor but he's right, no, 
that he's literally white and like uh, Jewish from Long Island or something. Yeah, exactly. And um, (laughs) Rick Rubens produced my favorite Krishna Das album, Breath of Heart. Oh, wow. Who produces the Beastie Boys. Oh my goodness. And so like, I was just like mind like. Did you see the, the, his movie? Sorry, One Track Heart? Yeah. Okay. So oh yeah. Oh, Margo. Yeah. Margo, I don't know who this guy is, but Marco is a fan. I can tell <laughs> by the look yeah, on no, her I face. She she's like, I want to know Chris Chris Well, so, and the thing Mary Chasna Chris Madash. That's so dumb. It's because music is like <laughs> like my main line. Like music yeah. is like everything for me. I think that's a lot it, of your yoga. Like your passion. Yeah, like it's it like. You know, it's so it's such a big, a big uh, part of your the experience of your just overall (laughs) class. Um, All right. We could literally go on for hours, but we have to before we leave, we got to tell our funny stories about yoga. And I'm going to start because I deserve to. Um, (laughs) Because you're a white male. (laughs) Because I'm a white male. <laughs> That's like a clip of that could be taken so out of context, and we get we like we literally get canceled like next week. Sorry, um, no, um, not really. No, really. <laughs> okay, no, we need so, to say this stuff. A hundred percent. Um, so a funny. Th- it's not a, a specific story. It's just a funny like experience that I often have in class, like a general kind of over arching, which is sometimes if I teach a lot that week or a lot that day, I'll literally forget where I am. Yeah. <laughs> like, I'll be like, warrior one. And then I'm like, where the outer body? am I? Yeah. Like, I'll just, you know, especially if I'm doing like lunging salutations, which I just, I, I can do them literally sleeping mm-hmm. that like, sometimes I like, I'll, it's bad. And I know it's bad, but I'll zone, I'll be completely zoned out and then like come back and be like, whoa, shit, there's 60 people here. Has ever happened to you? <laughs> oh, not but I will sometimes forget where I am, like because I would teach with places with mirrors versus windows, and I like my directional cues will be mixed up. Like, I forgot yeah. where I am, like yeah. you know, but not like that. No, I'm, I'm usually or like, or you like you, th- you mistake it with another class. You're like, Have I taught this yet? Because yeah. you taught so much that day that you're I've just done, like, Yeah, yeah, yeah. I've done that too. Maybe that's Gianna, scary that it is story? funny. My favorites are, I have like a running list of like, which one should I do? But um, this one's not quite funny, but I think because we talked about like gurus or whatever, I had this teacher when I used to practice Bikram back in New York City, um, who in Supta Varasana used to stand on my hips. He used to stand on like my hip points and- yeah. And like trying to shove my pelvis down to the floor. So again, not funny, but like when I think back at it now, I'm like, this is kind of like, it's so absurd that I have to laugh, but he would look me in the face, point his <laughs> finger at me and call me lazy. He would literally <gasps> be like, he's like, you, <laughs> he's like, your flexible people are lazy. I need to do X, Y, Z, whatever. And he, and I would just be like oh, berated. My. While God. in this like vulnerable, also like I don't know how my knees didn't just like pop off, but um he was yeah. standing on your pelvis on my pelvis, two feet, one on each hip points, like the that is so fucked up, staring at me, pointing his finger. It's like a super yelling. famous Bikram thing. Like Bikram yeah. used to do that. It's Bikram's um, friend like, who I used to go to. 
he they used to photograph Bikram doing doing that. Like he was photographed in oh, uh, uh, in LA. Like it's one of his very famous photos, mm. like standing on somebody. Yeah, yeah, yeah. And it was like if like if he came and stood on you in Virasana, it was like you were anointed. Mm. Um and that's the crazy uh, thing. I which, felt kind of cool. And I was like, yeah, but then I was being yeah. yelled at and like shamed. And I was like, I don't know what I'm how am I supposed to be yeah. engaging? Like, why am I lazy? I used to have a teach a student who asked me to do that, and I would oh, do yeah. it because she asked me but it was like a it was a it was like it was almost like a weighted blanket I feel like that she wanted in Virasana and I just imagine Margot stepping on someone's belt oh my god it was and people would just be like oh my god yeah I mean the adjustments that we used to give that I would never in a million years give now that I'm just like oh my god um yeah, What's I mean, yours? there's so many stories. I almost feel like you guys need to have me back for like another we time. hundred um, <laughs> Anytime. But Anytime. Like this is so easy. I was trying to think of something that would be funny and, um, but also educational, but because we were talking about music, I'm just going to share this. This was the thing that like was on my mind. I was teaching a retreat in Thailand and, um, one of my students who had come on retreat and she used to come, she used to take my class in Chicago and then she was taking my class in Portland. And then, you know, um, and we were in Thailand and after dinner, she had like a little too much to drink. And, um, it, it was like, and she, we were talking about music and we were talking about playlists and she started crying. Um, and she was like, every song that Margot plays has like a meaning. It has like a meaning. <laughs> and she was like, so, and so I offer that to be like, music is a huge element in my classes and not everybody likes music in classes. And I think it's really good to learn how to teach with and without because technology will forever get in your way. And there's been plenty of times where I've had to teach classes with no music, mm-hmm. but if you're out there making playlists as teachers, like you can't just willy nilly, like, yeah, there needs you to know, be structure. You you need to have structure to it. It needs to have some meaning behind behind it. You cannot play songs that have the N word on it. You just absolutely cannot. You shouldn't post it on Instagram. You shouldn't, you know. Um, yeah. So be careful because true story. You could be teaching a class online and play the LMFAO song that's like squats and be uh, or shots and change it to shots. Wait. The, you know, shot, 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 yeah. shot, yeah. shot, shot. I thought it would be really funny one time to do that and play squats and be like, squat, 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 squat. Guess what? That song is like, basically like, it's just the most misogynistic, like talking oh, about I, I get the it D now. and the this oh. and the that and the, the other lyrics to that song. You cannot you cannot just like willy nilly yeah. throw a song on a playlist. I've yeah. I've I've made the mistake of putting something on and being like, this is not good. And I change just it in the middle. I yeah. just change it in the middle. I go, this <laughs> like, is whoops. not what I thought it was. I thought yeah. this was yeah. a different vibe. Um yeah. one uh, Marco related to this. This is just uh, one more thing. It's stuck in hysterical. This happened to me a couple of weeks ago. I uh put them in Shavasana. I went to pee. As Jana knows, I like to pee often during Shavasana. If you're wondering where Among I am. other things. And so I like I'll pee, I'll go back in the class. <laughs> And I didn't realize that I, I had by mistake queued at Charlie XCX. So there was a 
massive pop banger just blasting while they All were in, in Shavasana. Shavasana. Oh my God, Brad. They're like, get it on repeat, get it on repeat. And it was just like, uh, and they were oh, just laying there. Oh God. Oh my God. I'm a big silent oh Shavasana person. So you could have saved yourself with that one. <laughs> <laughs> all right Margo um, so we're Margo, gonna have to, oh, yeah we want yeah. we want to we want to ask you like let our people know where they can find you and what you have coming up and all that before we sign off um so I'm relaunching my podcast likely in March I've been working on it it's definitely there'll be some yoga overview but it's not just in the yoga lane um but uh, Margo Lightburn at Margo Lightburn and MargoLightburn.com. I used to be a Margo Yoga. I dropped the yoga because it's not just yoga for me anymore. I'm so much more than yoga. And I have a lot to say about that, which is why I need my own fucking podcast. Maybe your <laughs> maybe your tagline should be, I'm so much more than yoga. Or like your that should be your name on Instagram. <laughs> <laughs> I just don't even want to like I just don't even want to. I dropped the yoga on mine anymore. too. Mine used to be Bracho with yeah. yoga. I got rid of the yoga. I'm like, I'm more than that. Yeah, yeah. yeah. I'm, well, like, I'm also I'm also is. gay. Your tattoos. Yeah. Gay. I'm also gay. <laughs> okay. Gianna is just like Gianna, I like get a tattoo literally every day, and Gianna's like it's bad. She's like I think you have a. This is Jenna. This is my impression of Jenna. I think you have a problem. <laughs> <laughs> but actually, but actually, all right, Marco, we love you. Thank I gotta go. You so Thank much. you for being here. We hope we'll to see you soon. guys. Thanks so much for having Thank me. You. We'll have you back. Bye. Bye. You don't have to be beautiful. To sing it, Margo. To be to turn me, me on. on. Margo likes Prince. I just want just your me extra time. Body, baby. Ooh, sing it, Margo. Hell yeah, Margo. <laughs> okay, that's. <laughs> she does the entire song. <laughs> okay, I have to go. Bye. Time.